Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting, with Steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 62, In Event of Emergency. And this is a, this is a podcast for big ears. Uh, if you don't like bad words and immature nonsense, this podcast isn't for you. Big ears meaning like the opposite of little ears. But I guess if you could have, you'd have sensibilities and uh or delicate sensibilities and you wouldn't like these things didn't you'd have normal sized ears you wouldn't have little kid ears you could have little ears on your big stupid head and not like this that's fine yeah but yeah so beat it uh good morning robot hi, hi. Uh, let me tell you i woke up at three o'clock this morning and then i went to bar class at seven o'clock this morning which was yeah really really hard and and then I got out of bar class at eight, and then I realized that I still had time to like get home, make a cup of coffee, take a bath, and then sit down in the closet. And we're recording like right on time. It's wild. Oh, and I published today's post. This has got I've got a lot of shit done today. That's my point. Oh, you you are amazing. I hey. I and it sounds well. I'll say two things. First of all, it's funny how often I encounter something stupid or funny and i think oh i gotta tell steve and uh but it's like three o'clock in the morning where you are and i'm like oh no i'm not gonna do that but now i know that you're up i mean fuck it it's open Usually, season i i heard recently or read somewhere picked up somewhere along the way that uh if you wake up at two or three in the morning it's because you have like it's something to do with your heart you have a heavy heart Oh, and I've woken up uh, consistently at two or three o'clock in the morning for the last three years. Um, because of I've your heavy heart. I think I slept all the way through the night once. Uh, and it was in October of 2019. Mm. No, 2000. Yeah, 2019. I was in a, my buddy's driveway in my truck. <laughs> and the rest of the time I wait, you know, I, I just can't fucking I can't sleep. It sucks. Sleep is hard. It's all I want, and I just can't often get it. Um, I think I'm probably going to, I'll probably curl up and go to sleep for a little while after we get done recording today. Uh, oh, I already have planned. I'm going to drink the fuck out of a whole nother pot of coffee, even though I already drank a whole pot of coffee today. Mm. I also wrote three press releases, which is just makes the soul drain out of the, the, my body yeah but i did it it's uh a lot of words it's so early in the morning oh and speaking is. of words uh, and early in the morning what's another thing that we've done together jointly we combined no we compiled all of the music picks we did we compiled was, all of the music picks actually i think you most, did it 
Most I was them. like, oh, I got a wild hair, and I was like, I'm going to start a post on Stevel's site with all the music picks in it, and I grabbed the ones that were very easy to grab, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that'll be that'll be enough, and then you came along with your kind of like OCD, <laughs> I can't I can't do this not perfectly thing, which many people probably don't realize about you, um, and then you went to absolute town on it. I couldn't find the first 13, but then somewhere along the way, I listened to one. I mean, I basically, I listened to a fucking hours of, and I like one episode at a time, you know, but I don't, yeah. I don't like a lot of us. Oh. And I, that was a lot. That was too much of us. You like us more than I like us because I told you, I was like, oh, okay, I'll jump into these other ones. And I started (laughs) one of the episodes. I was like, I can't. I got like 10 minutes in and I was like, no, thank you. Well, I got, I I figured a rhythm where we would, there'd be the introduction. We'd just jibber jabber for a little while. And then we just generally, like in the earlier episodes, would jump right into the meat of whatever the the topic was. And then music picks would happen somewhere down the way. So I would kind of just kept jumping through, which is funny because you get these sound bites and it's just one word, one word snippets. It's like airplane, baseball, butthole, fuck, (laughs) and then laughter. And then, but it was like, I have no idea what we were talking about, but we would get, to, you know, I get to the end of this section and, and then, and then there would be some discussion about a record or music or Brian Baker or something. So I knew that it was in that general vicinity. Uh, anyway, if people are interested, I have put a little, uh, ad, like a little, I don't know what it's a little sidebar Side ad on the All Hail the Black Market website. There's a picture of Liberace's driver. And then when you scroll over it, there's a picture of Liberace because that was what I was thinking about when when thinking about music. When I did the ad, it's no great shakes, but if you want to uh, check that out, uh, make notes of it or whatever, like it's there for people if they're interested. So there. I I, I think if you cut... Having listened just to of the bare minimum of old episodes, I think actually if you cut the time when either of us was laughing at the other one, this is a 15-minute podcast. <laughs> like a football game is not actually a two-hour-long affair. It's it's only, what is it, like 20, 20 minutes of actual play time or something? Yeah, 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 that's how our podcast is. Uh, what do you well, want to do? Do you want to, what do you want to do? Let's do, I mean, we got into music. Let's finish it. Let's do music picks right now. I was thinking when I was looking through all of the, the bands and the records and stuff that we've mentioned, I don't think, and I don't think I've ever mentioned rocket from the crypt. Is that possible? I mean, we have certainly mentioned Rocket from the Crypt, but it may be the case that you've never picked a Rocket from the Crypt record. I think it was just always kind of like low hanging fruit. Like I like I knew that I liked it, you know, but like it wasn't something that and it's always kind of on in the periphery. But I realized when I was going through all of those records and all of those bands that we've mentioned, I don't think that I've ever had an official Rocket from the Crypt pick. Are Uh, you going to are you going to do that today? Nope. <laughs> uh, no, Bill from Who Rides the Tiger and Ozorn 
who is responsible, who writes the Tiger, is responsible for our theme music. Uh, he and I were texting the other day because Rocket is playing at Alex's bar in Long Beach. So whenever fun things happen in Long Beach, I always let Bill know because he's, you know, that's where he's at and is super close to Alex's and he likes Rocket. Uh, and, and he, so he said, he texted me back. He said, what's your favorite record? And then we kind of started jibber jabbering and I don't know. I mean, they're, they're all so good, but the one I'm going to pick is, is probably live from Camp X-Ray might be my favorite. If I had to get rid of, uh, you know, cut carefully and scream, just scream Dracula scream and paint as a fragrance and all of the, there's a million, they have a million records, but it's probably live from Camp X-Ray would be my favorite. And what is good about it? Everything. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just everything. Like all the songs, my favorite song is the first song on the record. And it's, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's silly. If you know the band and you love the band, then you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't know the band, uh, I think that that would be a great record to start with. And if you do know the band and, and you don't like them, then I don't understand that. <laughs> that's a great it's a great record though it just makes me it just makes me feel good yeah I, I love it I love this the way the guitar sound and the way that Speedo's voice sounds and the rhythm and I don't know it's all just it's great it's all great I, I agree <laughs> that it's great I'm into its greatness <laughs> uh, I am gonna pick a real old record and I actually bought this when I got to Boston, I bought this record. I bought it on cassette from Nuggets in Kenmore Square, just down the street from the old Rat. Uh, and the record is Dinosaur Jr.'s You're Living All Over Me, which is a great name for a record. And um, I don't know. I feel like Dinosaur Jr. is one of those... Uh, little underrated, undercredited bands who were making really uh, cool, bizarre music. Uh, I feel like I feel like Sonic Youth gets all the credit for making noisy, crazy, experimental music, but Dinosaur hmm. Jr. was doing it also. They sure were. I saw I saw them. Uh, I saw Nirvana, and oh, excuse me. Jesus, where'd that come from? Stop. Uh, you, now I, you have to tell people why that music is playing. <laughs> I, was, I was watching the Super Freak video on my phone before we started recording, and then it just started playing again. So I logged on to Skype to do this <laughs> stupid podcast, and you were, you were there spread across your bed lasciviously. Seductively with your was, new with your new fucking haircut. I was just thinking about what a what a wild guy Rick James was. I mean, just such an intense personality. And and then I and I loved that song when I was a kid. And I hadn't seen the video in a long time. And I thought, why don't you check that out just to just to see what what it's, what's going on? And it's it's as weird as I remember. Um, but I'm sorry that just my phone just started playing it randomly. I might make that yeah. my ringtone. Actually, that would be pretty tight. <laughs> Uh, no, I saw I saw Nirvana and the Jesus Lizard open for Dinosaur Jr. at this little place in Denver in 1991, I guess. 
this little theater. And I remember Dinosaur Jr. was so loud. I remember seeing Chris Novoselic like running out of the auditorium or like out of the show space, like covering his ear, like cowering and covering <laughs> his ears. It was like a it was like an airplane t- taking off. Yeah, there's a lot of screeching, scrawling sound there, too. I think Jay Maskus is probably like t- still telling people, oh, yeah, Nirvana and the Jesus Lizard open for us. <laughs> and And people are like, and you are? Yeah, maybe. maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like I see I see Jay Maskus all over the place. And I think that uh, uh, this guy, oh, you know him? He was in Fluff, a photographer. Mm. Uh, he's in Olive Lawn. He's in a bunch of stuff. I think he's in a band, like a, super, like a skateboard super group called the Marshmallows or something now. I don't know. I don't actually have no idea what I'm talking about. But <laughs> Me neither. Uh, <laughs> I think he oh is Jay Maskus's guitar tech or something. So I'm constantly like I follow O on Instagram, so I'm constantly seeing Jay Maskus stuff. It seems like he's quite busy anyway. He's definitely getting, you know, he's recognized as a musical weirdo and genius. Yeah. Well, if if I just picked this record because I thought it was the sort of record that uh, people who like the music we like might not have heard, mm. and it goes back a long way. I don't I don't know what year it came out, eighty nine, ninety, ninety one, somewhere in there. Okay, and uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful record. It's got it's it has um, it has melodies, uh, but it also has uh, the ability to remove paint from metal surfaces mm-hmm. hmm. okay we've got uh so this week we have dinosaur juniors you're living all over me that's robots pick and mine is rocket from the crypt uh live from camp x-ray if it be that'll be in the list that'll be on the list and so yeah. you, you can you can find it there the idea uh, now is that the list will be updated weekly sure yeah it's uh, i updated it yesterday Oh, yeah. So You're it's a good. We're good. Wizard. We're, we're good. We're totally. You we're give, straight. you know, the, Steve. Steve was like, you give a dog a bone, and he just like he'll just chew on that thing and chew on it. <laughs> I love it. All right. What is okay. this episode about? Uh, I don't know. You told me not to read the notes, so I still <laughs> this entire time I've not looked at what we're talking about. And so here, uh, this episode is about cycling events. Uh, what makes a good one? What makes them less good? Why sign up at all? Etc. You know that when I said don't read it, that was reverse psychology, right? So, so boring. (laughs) I just fell asleep. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Cycling events. We're going to talk about cycling events. We are. uh, And I knew you would hate it. And, you know, part of my goal here is either to annoy you or make you chuckle. So that's... Hopefully both at the same time. So question one, what are the best cycling events you've participated in? Now, these are events, not races. Uh, And what made them good? Oh, what's a different, what's a cycling event? I don't know. I mean, uh, okay. Uh, Okay, I can do this. I, my friend Chewy who used to make my hats for me. He got jammed up by the cops real bad. 
in San Francisco, and they fucked him up. Um, he was coming out of his shop one night, and this is in 2000, I don't remember, 2000. Holy cow, I have lost all track <laughs> of time. If you took the phrase, I don't remember, out of our podcast, in addition to the laughter, <laughs> it's only eight minutes long. Go on. He well, so it was whatever it was. Uh, let's say it was eight years ago or ten years ago or something. He he walked out of his uh his studio, his little shop in the Mission, and there were some cops had, uh, had some suspected gang members up uh standing up against the fence, and they were spotlighting him and stuff. And they told Chewie to take a hike, and Chewie, being the civic civically minded individual that he is said, I'm within my right to stand here and observe and make sure that you are treating these people fairly. And um, they ended up fucking him up. They ended up fucking him up real badly and then levied three felony assault charges and a whole litany of misdemeanors against him. And he... um, He... uh, Once he got out of the hospital, he was given... uh, or, Or he was given a public defender who we did this huge letter writing campaign. We had like 250 letters in support of Chewy and all of this, uh, which she lost. Uh, and then we started this new, we had to hire private counsel. So we did all kinds of fundraising events. And pr- so probably one of my favorite was, was one that we did in Golden Gate Park, which was sort of a rally and a race and a fundraiser and, you know, we were there sort of circling the wagons and showing him how much we cared about him, the, the Bay Area cycling community. And, um, and uh, you know, that made a real big impression on me because he's just, he is just such, and people who know him know, uh, he, he might not ever be the same again. He had, he moved back to Philly and, you know, it just, it broke his, it broke his spirit. It, it hurt him physically, maybe irreversibly. Uh, and being in court, <clears throat> that was the wild thing. I'll, I know I'm kind of meandering here, but being in court on the, it was the last pre-trial, you know, when the cops got on the stand and we're there with his mom and we're all like, you know, a whole bunch of us are in court in support of him. And we're listening to the cops all say three completely different things, right? I mean, it's it's like, maddeningly obvious that these guys are just making shit up. And, uh, so, and the public defender is basically like vilifying him and we go outside. I mean, some people had, we like had to excuse some of us because it was so crazy making, you know, and we went outside and we're talking to the, he dropped two of the mis or two of the felony assault charges. It's still prison time, you know, but Chewie's like, I'm not going to plead. I'm not going to plead. I didn't do anything wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, actually, this story gets so fucking weird. Uh, but, the, like, this part of it, um, we go outside and we're talking to his attorney. And we're like, how did the judge not hear how ludicrous all of that was? And his attorney said, well, he's a new, he's a new judge and he wants to, you know, stay good with the police force. And uh, he said, depending on what, which uh, which prosecutor gets assigned to this case, like if it's this one person, I'll file for a postponement. And if it's this other person, we can get this whole thing squashed over lunch. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, like never, ever get in the system. You're fucked. 
you know, and like really this guy's future, whether he goes to prison or not, is going to be decided over burgers. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Uh, and as this whole thing, I mean, the story, like I said, the story gets so weird. One of the guys, this guy, John, who owns a bike shop in San Francisco, he was on a rafting trip with his sister and his sister works for the FBI. And her boss was also on this rafting trip. And John was wearing one of Chewy's caps and her sister's boss says, oh, are you a cyclist? And he said, yeah, you know, and he's like, where'd you get the hat? He said, well, my buddy Chewy made it for me. He's like, oh, I know Chewy. I ride bikes too. Or I don't know Chewy. I know of Chewy. This is the FBI boss says, I ride bikes too. I've got a Chewy cap. And John says, well, hey, listen to this fucking story. Tells him the whole scoop. Guy goes, well, it just so happens that I'm in charge of an investigation of misconduct against the mission precinct. So let me uh, like go when I get back to the office, let me poke around and see what I can find. And like a week later, all the charges were dropped. Fuck me, right? <laughs> it is the most insane story. Uh, sorry. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that was a cycling event. So that was that a cool bike event. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I forgot so, about all of that. <laughs> so what made that event good? Well, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of backstory to like why we were having a fundraiser for Chewy, though. And it's a really no. the backstory is the whole story. I it's love wild, it. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and probably I, I mean, there were some races way back in the way back, like the ring of fire races in Occidental. I know you just said race, not races, but there was bands and margarita machines and hijinks well, I guess, galore. I guess maybe I like a race is okay as an event. If it's also an event and not just a race, if you, right. if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't really think of, there's always some kind of like, rally or derby or you know any of the old single speed world races were fun but there was all kinds of other hijinks surrounding it uh yeah. single speed cross worlds those are all the ones that i've been to of those those have been really fun i don't know uh tell, uh, <laughs> tell me tell me about yours <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <laughs> Um, I mean, I've done all sorts of events, uh, a lot of like, uh, a lot of gravel events. Um, I always thought like there's a, there's an event out here. It's in Western mass. It's in Western mass in Southern Vermont called D2R2, which is the Deerfield dirt road randonnée. Yeah. Uh, I've seen, I've seen, uh, flyers for that. Yeah. It's, a, it, I, I feel like, um, it was one of the OG gravel events and it's a it was an event that really i mean it's a no-brainer but it it was apparently a brainer also that that area of the country is full of dirt roads and awesome nonsense to ride your bike on hmm. and i always really enjoyed like there were a bunch of different routes of various lengths and i think and so that's all fine right like um, I don't want to say it's easy to put together an event like that and have it be great, but it's sort of easy to like lay out an awesome dirt road route out in the country uh, and have the riding part be fun. But for D2R2, they they uh, encourage people to camp in the fields around uh, the start beforehand. And there's a big tent. And I think 
there was just always something really magical to me about getting back from your hundred and whatever miles of 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 dirt road riding and sit in the tent and just talk about the day with people and you're just all chilled out you know you pack yourself full of pulled pork and mac and cheese and then just talk shit about what happened during the day there's something just so nice about that that reconnecting and re whatever after after the ride does that make sense yeah yeah i i after a real hard effort i always like i, I hate sleeping on the ground oh yeah I, i'm not a ground sleeper you know, so I I, lo- I love camping, but you know when my body is completely wrung out, and then I gotta go, and then I gotta sleep on the ground. Like that's what I was actually that's what I was imagining when you were talking about all the other stuff. Sounded super nice too, but then I was thinking about being really creaky and sore and sleeping. I did on. as I was talking, I did see your eyes glaze over, and I was like, <laughs> oh, he's gone now. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, that does, it does, that does make sense. I mean, I don't, I haven't done, you know, I did all the stuff with um, the Gravel Alliance, but we, we had hotels, you know, and showers and like big meals afterwards and stuff. And that was amazing. It was like being a pro, but it was like being, I was being, I was treated like a pro, but I didn't have to do any, I didn't have to do anything for it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to be good at anything. <laughs> uh-uh. And I told him when they, the guy who sort of like put the whole gravel alliance thing together and he was really, he was encouraging me, you know, he's like, oh, we're going to go, we'll do the El Manzo and we'll do this and that. And the other thing we'll do, you know, the, the rock cobbler down in uh, Bakersfield. Um, and I said, okay, but I don't, I don't race, you know, and I don't know why you want me. And I said, I can almost guarantee you that in some events, I might just ride across the start line and then meander over into a park and take a nap under a tree. Like, <laughs> like I just don't want it. I don't want to let anybody down, you know? Yeah. So I just want you to know what you're, you're in for. And but did you were... go to all those events? We did. Yeah. Um, and we were supposed to go to the, What's the one in Kansas called? Uh, oh, it's they, called Unbound Gravel now. Yeah, the Unbound. We were supposed to do that. That was supposed to be the final thing, but then COVID happened. Oh. Um, but I did the El Manzo. That was hard. And I was riding with Gino. I had just had a seizure. So I was like out of the hospital like a week. And then I was suddenly, I was riding these godforsaken windswept roads and somewhere in minnesota and uh gino came and rode with me and my friend ben popper uh he was also on the gravel alliance we rode we did the whole ride together and it was it was fun you know but i was just kind of like my nervous system was so fucked up that uh it was mostly kind of hanging on those guys wheels you know and then like you get to a place and you eat a hot dog and eat some pickles and stuff. And that was nice. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> hot dogs and pickles are great. Hot dogs and pickles. So when I said what made them good, <laughs> hot dogs and pickles was the answer. <laughs> what, what, what I, my takeaway so far is that what makes a good cycling event for steve is a felony court case, <laughs> an FBI uh, agent on your side 
hot Man. dogs and pickles. Wasn't that that's just so weird. That was just the weirdest story. Uh, I'm, you know what I was thinking about? The first, like the old, going to the sea otter back in not the earliest days of the sea otter, but when Rick Sutton still ran it, the Gale Force, I guess, was the was the organizing body. And you, you know, there were like normal licenses and stuff like that involved. We used to have sort of, you know, we would all converge like the Sacramento contingent, the Santa Cruz contingent, the San Francisco Bay Area contingent. We'd all converge on some portion of the campground and we would have, you know, it would be a little bit of a reunion, but like a lot of hijinks, a lot, so much hijinks, um, (laughs) And we made like one year, uh, Scott Berg and Robert Ives from Blue Collar. And I went to the junkyard and made these little teeny, like little tiny kids bikes. And then we made a little dual slalom course and we were jumping these little kids bikes. And then somewhere at some point in the evening, somebody bet Robert that he couldn't do the pro course on this little like 12 inch wheeled bike. That's 36 miles. (laughs) And Robert never backs down from a challenge. And so yeah. the next day we started the race and people were like, I thought he was walking. I thought he was just <laughs> hunched over and walking because the bike was so small. And I rode 18 miles with him on this. And he wrote, he cleaned everything. Like it was the fucking raddest thing. And then we rode through the pro feed and there's the Mountain Dew helicopter and like, you know, all of the race support and the Euros like riding through with their jerseys open and their gold chains like swinging back and forth. And then there's Robert on on a tiny bike and he did it. He did it in three hours and 50 minutes. And uh, that I'm guessing that didn't get him on the podium, except in your heart. You know, I couldn't believe that 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 didn't show up in any magazine or anything. Like, there's a few photos of us. Yeah. But I never saw... I thought that was the most heroic... That might have been the most heroic thing ever to happen at the Sea Otter Classic. Aside from the rollerblade races they used to have. Nobody remembers those either. (laughs) Those were ridiculous. Did you participate in rollerblading? Oh, God, no. It was good. It was good heckling, though. I mean, they had, they would like, like speed suits and like those big, long rollerblade things. And they would go out and they would do the Laguna Seca track on rollerblades. It was like, who fucking thought that that was a good idea? It's a, I, it's just a weird, it's just the weirdest uh, event. But the, the, the event that we had within that event, that was also one of my favorites. Uh, be, primarily because uh, like hijinks driven. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, you know, getting to hang out with friends and ride bikes and, you know, maybe we'd poach the race or maybe some of us would race the race and some of us would poach the race. It was like it was like somebody presents you with an environment and they say, I'm going to have a party. And you say, "Okay, you have your party, but we're going to have our own party within your party. That's what we (laughs) that's what we were doing. It's like you walked into the party, picked up the punch bowl, carried it away. A little bit. Yeah. We, uh, it was one, at one time, at at one point, uh, Sutton came up to Robert and Scott and me at the Interbike show. And he said, um, he said, listen, you know, you guys can poach my race, whatever, but, uh, (laughs) just get in late 
and get out early because like the results last year got all fucked up because like the first three people to finish the race had poached it we made fake numbers and the numbers was the numbers were great we went to the dual slalom of course and got a bunch of the dual slalom numbers which were only two numbers on a on a on a, a plate or whatever mm-hmm and and then we cut one of the numbers out and glued it onto the dual slalom plate so that numbers are all offset, you know? Uh-huh. And those were white, and we had a highlighter, we had yeah. electrical tape, and we had gasket sealer. So we made our own number plates with three numbers and then wrote cross-country in the corner and highlighted it so it made it yellow. <laughs> and then we threw a bunch of mud on it thinking that that would, like, camouflage it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were pretty crafty. There was no mud on the course, by the way. There was just like <laughs> dry as a bone that year. But we That's from the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, we made we made uh fake mud. Anyway, uh so when Rick came up to us and said, uh the last year's results were all fucked up, like get out late, get out early, and then we were kinda like, Oh, we don't wanna now that we've been given permission, it's not that much fun. Right. And we we didn't go and we heard that there were people like standing on the start line the following year like with no number at all <laughs> just blatantly like stealing just and uh it was a fiasco they tried to remove them physically and then the starting shot went off and i think like an official got run over it was a whole thing <laughs> so it sounds like you don't like bike events but you do like to ruin them it's all all it's all relative i mean you, know? you like all cycling events you were all like this is boring i hate cycling events but you love them all i guess i do i mean i guess i guess i do i like going to bike shows i like going but i also hate going to bike shows yeah and i like going to bike races but i also hate going to bike races i don't know i'm just a i'm a ball of emotion i can relate to that i can relate to that I hate them all and I and I love them all. Yeah. They're fun. They're fun. What are you looking at? You just went up, where did you go right then? No, I was stared. That was the 10,000 yard stare just then. <laughs> I'm deep I'm deep in some seasonal affective disorder. I don't know what's happening between my ears. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a pretty intense day for both of us today, I think. Yeah. Uh so let's get on a question. I don't know. We I guess we kind of handle that. What other than costing money, why do you not sign up for more events? Yeah. Uh, I can ride my bike for free, you know? I know. I can hang out with my friends for free. You have this thing where, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I can, I can do it for free. Why am I paying somebody else to do it? Except that oftentimes there's a burrito and a pretty good course. And I think those are a lot of times worth it. Um, I'm lazy would be another reason I don't sign up for more cycling events. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then like you, I'm not a joiner, although I signed up for a cycling event last week cause my riding, my riding buddies were like, Oh, we signed up for this thing. And I was like, well, fuck fine. What is it? It's called what the mixtape. Uh, and it happens like somewhere South of Boston near Rhode Island. I don't know. And what, what do you do? What, I mean, what do you, you're not giving me anything. It's a gravel uh, it's a gravel race. I think they put it pretty well. They're like, it's a race unless you're not racing, in which case it's an event. Oh, okay. I mean, there's a, it only takes two people to turn it into a race. You know, you could just say like, oh, it's a rally. And then, and then two people get a fire in their belly and they take off, which reminds me, hold on a second. 
fucking cycling event, the Homie Fall Fest. We've talked about this. We've before. talked about the Homie Fall Fest. Yeah, that's a cycling event. It is a cycling event. That you might like, be one of the you best. Like, I mean, that events. is the perfect merger of cycling event and hijinks. Yeah, it it is. Uh, we talk about it it endlessly on this podcast, uh, encouraging people to ride bikes like they did when they were a kid. Yeah. You know, where you ride your bike to the vacant lot and you meet your friends who also rode their bikes to the vacant lot. And then you, and then you get into some shenanigans. That's, that's just, that's what the homie is. Yeah. So that's another, that's, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. I would have kicked myself if we'd, uh, ended the conversation. And then I hadn't, I hadn't thought to the punk bike enduro that the, the, the dirt rag crew used to put on. I never went to that, but I heard that was a real gas. If you were uh, going to, if you were going to devise an event there in Bellingham, Washington, practically Canada, uh, what would you, what would you do? What would you I want to do something like the homie. I mean, I've been talking about trying to do, to replicate that in some way, like in the Bay area, I wanted to do it, but I would have had to, you couldn't just, you can't just barge on, um, in a, in a open space in the Bay area and build a fire, you know, and it's real (laughs) seasonal. Yeah. Like you, you, we could do, we could do a ride where we ride over to China camp, but then you got to organize the, there's just, there were too many logistics involved. And that was kind of what I loved about what I love about the homie is that it's just a sort of free for all. And, uh, so I was talking to some people here in Bellingham about the prospect of maybe doing a homie fall fest, you know, West coast edition. Hmm. Homie Fall West. Maybe. Oh, look at you doing marketing already. Yeah. But I, you know, and some people were like, oh, I don't think anybody would, I don't think anybody would come. And I said, you know, the whole thing is that, you know, one year, maybe 10 people come and, and then the next year, 20 people come. Like you just have to build a little bit of momentum with a thing like that. Yeah. I think the key to success in those things is not caring about success. Um, for, well, you're for, not doing it. You're just doing it for you. And, you know, you're just doing it to have fun. And maybe your friends are going to have fun. And maybe some strangers will have fun. And maybe you'll make new friends and have fun with them. You, huh. you know, like grassroots shit. I, I like grassroots shit. So for the poor, sad sacks who haven't listened to all 61 previous hours of our podcast. <laughs> uh, what events make up the Homie Fall Fest? Uh, you, uh, well, you just sort of like everybody shows up at a, that morning, I guess it's kind of word of mouth, sort of like a game of telephone. Uh, no, that's not, that's not what I mean. It's like a telephone chain kind of thing, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's just like everybody hears that you meet at this shop or this bar or whatever, and everybody shows up and hangs around and, uh, and, um, what's the word? Everybody just in, in mass leaves from the place. And then there's no real leaders. There's no real organizers. There's somebody might say that they, that they resodded the such and such intersection baseball diamond or whatever. So everybody goes down there and then there's a derby and then everybody gets knocked off their bikes and it's good fun. And, and then you ride down to the river and then maybe you it's Gene Gene Overpriller has all kinds of he's ridiculous, you know, he'll be 
Like suddenly he'll be organizing people's bikes. Like everybody put purple bikes over here or everybody put chrome bags over there. And then he is he, like, his mind is, is constantly like making games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then there'll be a feat of strength and you got to ride down some fucked up chute or you got to jump a bonfire or you got to ride across a rickety ass bridge. This woman, Emily came from Lincoln and one year she fell off the loading dock behind the bike shop and broke her <laughs> arm. And then the next year she crashed and there's a video of it on YouTube and she crashed like top speed into the opposing wall on the shitty bridge and fucked her, like really fucked herself up and they had to get an ambulance in. I think she broke her orbital bone and maybe her wrist or something. And she was like, fuck homie fall fest. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to that anymore. Uh, and so it is not, yeah. She's I mean, a real it's not scene with, maker. <laughs> it's not without peril, you know, like, right. A good event managed. should have some peril. Uh, yeah. It's, and, and you know, like with the grassroots stuff, you, you're not going to have uh, insurance and you're not going to have entry fees and you're not going to have waivers. And, you know, it's really kind of right at your own risk. And um, hopefully you don't do like Emily did and completely destroy herself. Hopefully you have fun and don't have to go to jail or the hospital. Yeah. So the uh, I guess it's just there's no there's no master's. You know, there's, it's, it's loosely organized. And again, that's, I don't organization and fees and, and entry fees and everything like all that stuff. It's just, uh, it's just boring to me. The outsider stuff. Those are the, those are the events that I think are fun. I like it. Um, other than costing money. So I don't, I guess, I don't know why I don't sign up for events. I, I have been, I mean, contradictorily. I realize thinking a lot about doing an XC race again. Like I used to really, really like racing uh, in a cross country race. Cause you can ride as balls out as you want to, and you don't have to worry about hikers mm. and you don't have to worry about oncoming traffic and you don't have to worry about horses or anything. You can ride the trail however you want to ride the trail. And I haven't done an XC race in a long, long time, but I love, I love doing that. I think that's a gas. I just don't know if they exist anymore. They must exist where you are. I do. There used to be one here. The first time I ever came to Bellingham, there was a, a race called the Padden, Padden Pedal. Um, and it was all these trails out in Lake Padden. Oh. And I've ridden the course. I've ridden the course since. Uh, and it's fucking hard. And it was uh, five laps on a single speed. And it sucked <laughs> i used to be so much fitter and it was terrible then it's an absolute nightmare for me <laughs> now <laughs> but i haven't seen i don't think i don't know maybe everybody does enduro races or downhill races or whatever like that's what that's what everybody loves and i don't think anybody does xc races anymore don't, enduro doesn't uh peak your interest at all i don't even really know what that means actually i just it do that means out there. go down real quick yeah, so it's but it's like stages, like state downhill stages or something, or maybe there's some XC, but it's not like it's not you know it's not like a point to point race, yeah, where you're riding you know you're riding trails for twenty eight miles or thirty two miles or something like that's that's the stuff that I really like is a point to point race like the Sha- the old Shasta Lemurian Classic, 
or uh, the Humbug Hurry Up in Wairika in super northern California. Um, even the sea otter, that was a point to point at one point, but then it was two laps and now it's like a circuit race. I don't know. It, it's like it, it went weird, like the organizers just wanted it spectator friendly or something. I think there's a fine line for event organizers. They want to, con- you know, uh, they want control of what's going to happen, but n- n- lack of control is part of what makes it fun. In mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. So what? What about you? What about me? Yeah. Why don't you sign up for more events? I mean, this is your dumb question. Yeah, it is my dumb question. I, I don't <laughs> sign up for more events because I'm... I don't know. I signed up for a ton of events last year. A lot of them were running events. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just got burned out on bike events. I got burned out on bike events. I did a lot of them. I liked them all. There's nothing wrong with them. I just did a lot of them. And then I did some running events because um, nobody had any expectations of me. I wasn't like the bike guy or I wasn't... I don't know. So then I went and did a bunch of running events and God damn, they were all really hard and fucked me up. And then I was like, Oh, I'm going to take a year off. So I took 2022 off of events, I think. And then I just signed up for this uh, mixtape thing that's coming up and I'm going to do a running event, probably like a trail half marathon or something because I hate myself. And I don't know. I'll I'll do some things. I'll do some things. I'm I'm a real like I don't I typically I don't know. I, I'll go along. I'll go along to an event. That's what I like to do. I like to go along. Mm-hmm. I'm not one that's gonna be like, hey, let's all do this thing. It I get I get real bad butterflies when there's like you said you know, you know there's nobody expecting anything of yourself, but I'm yeah. I always like I'm really hard on myself. And even though, even though there might not be, I, I'm a little bit better. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to finish the race. I yeah. mean, I'm not going to win it. I'm not even going to come in like top 20, but I'm going to finish and I'm not going to be last. Like <laughs> the bar is so low. Even me. that makes me nervous though. Even that makes me nervous. Like, I don't think I've ever been last. Um, and I don't know that I've ever not finished, but for some reason, those prospects just wreck my guts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like. Yeah, I don't like the. I don't really like the butterflies, and like the adrenal. I I get like adrenal fatigue, and yeah. stuff. And I don't. I don't know why. It it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You know. None of these things matter, right? None of these things matter. Except there's like a little man that lives between my ears to whom these things matter. He pulls all I'm the trying, wrong levers. I'm trying to keep quiet him. Yeah. As much as I can, I started. With all the other therapies that I'm doing or yeah. have done, now I've started hypnotherapy and I've done three sessions and it's all in an effort to uh, quiet the little man and quiet the self, like the self-criticism um, and... Uh, manage anxiety and uh, honestly what I told... Her, she said, what do you want to get out of this? And I said, you know that scene in Office Space when they hypnotize, the, the hypnotherapist hypnotizes the guy to not give a fuck about anything, and then he has a heart attack, and then the guy's just left not giving a fuck? I was like, I want that. 
<laughs> but I got it. I had to put it a little more concisely and I don't want her to have a heart attack. But right. I, you know, I want to operate with less fear of outcome, you know, like yeah. I get, I get real paralyzed with things sometimes. So I'm, I'm doing all this undoing. So maybe the, maybe the little man, it'll, you know, give him some peace and he can fucking take a hike. Yeah. You can get real, real noisy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I got a noisy little man. He's especially noisy this week and I will strangle him to death if I see him, but no, how about not, how about not strangle him to death? How about just say (laughs) you deserve a break? Oh yeah. You know, here's a man. You deserve a break. Are we doing therapy right now? Oh, it's just, uh, just, uh, semantics. Should we role play this? No. You're you're talking about being aggressive with yeah. a part of you and a part of your processes uh, because it makes you unhappy when, yeah. in fact, uh, uh, being the aggressor, you're essentially being the aggressor towards yourself. And That's, that doesn't that do you any right. good. That sounds right. Yeah. So let's get into the question three. Let's do it. Would you rather eat a pint of chocolate ice cream knowing there is some quantity of dog shit in it? <laughs> Of course. Or have a vanilla shake, knowing there is some quantity of horse semen in it. (laughs) In either case, the frozen treat would taste like itself, but you could also tell it tasted like something else not quite right. Horse semen in a heartbeat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't, I don't mess, I don't mess with the feces. I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say the phrase <laughs> horse semen in a heartbeat before. There's <laughs> <laughs> probably, I mean, there's, uh, it's not all semen, right? I mean, it's like, maybe, even like Max, it's like a third of the ch- vanilla shake is horse semen, whatever. <laughs> My parents are listening to this so proudly. Um, you know, I thought, I worked, I've been doing these would you rathers a little bit now, and (laughs) part of me was like, I wonder if this is just going to come down to whether he's a chocolate or a vanilla guy. No, I do like chocolate. I am a vanilla guy. I think I would, you know, if given the preference, I take vanilla ice cream. I love vanilla ice cream. And it's sad when people say like, oh, it's vanilla, you know, like it's boring. Yeah. Vanilla, vanilla sex or it's vanilla a vanilla experience or whatever. When I think f- vanilla, good, deli- you know, quality vanilla ice cream is delicious. Yeah, it's delicious. It's delicious. I will always pick chocolate, but is, it, is that right? I'm I'm a chocolate guy. I understand. I don't know why. I was really into chocolate when I was a kid, but then I grew up. Then I matured. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Well, look, listen to that. Uh, I was really into you, pistachio when I was a kid because it was green and I liked green things. I did, but I didn't like the lumps. I had a real aversion to having nuts in things. I still <laughs> am a little bit bummed. It fucks with the consistency. Yeah. But like a ch- like a chubby hubby, uh, Ben and Jerry's chubby hubby. It's got vanilla ice cream with peanut butter and fudge swirls and chocolate covered peanut butter filled pretzels. And just a small quantity of dog shit. <laughs> What? I wish when? all the, ben, the really complicated Ben and Jerry's flavors were like, oh, 
cannoli shell with just a little bit of cinnamon whipped cream and a small quantity of dog shit. There's one pret- chocolate covered pretzel in, in Chevy Heavy that's got a ball of dog shit in it instead of peanut butter. Yeah. Bummer. Total bummer. Uh, no, I think horse semen, people probably, it's, there's probably protein in it. I don't know. It's, it would, dog shit would make you sick. That's the thing. Like, I guess I that's right. There's a real, like, illness semen, issue. Se- yeah, semen's clean as hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let. <laughs> Are we agreeing? Are we agreeing on this one? Uh, probably. Yeah. Probably you're probably okay. right. But I'm disappointed uh, that we agree. I'm working on one for next week. I have half of it and I'm going to spring it on you. Like That's we, we we do these things where like you'll come up with one and send it to me or I'll come up with one and send it to you. But this one I'm going to spring on you, but I've got half of it done and I've been like I liked it so much I put it in the notes in my phone so I wouldn't forget. Oh, damn. I, I think it's better if we spring it, if it's sprung. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna... This one's a pretty... This one's a pretty good one. It's not great, but it's pretty good. Uh, All right. I just need I, this... I just need the second half. So we got... I, yeah, we got one rounded out. It's coming up. I did have a... Up. I did have a friend tell me yesterday that they listened to the latest episode, which is, I think, 58 just came out. Mm. Mm-hmm. They listened to it and they really liked it, but then they had to listen to us talk about eating engorged ticks for 10 minutes <laughs> and it bummed them out so hard. <laughs> uh, we were actually talking about this right before we started recording. It's a, it's funny because I listened to it uh, yesterday and we are discussing about, you know, uh, how we want, um, we want substantial conversation. Like we, we, yeah. we can't deal with small talk, but the entire fucking hour was nothing. <laughs> it was not, not a single worthy redeeming exchange. It was, su- it was just jibber jabber nonsense. We are, was... we are men of substance. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever thought about a Capri sun full of trucker piss? <laughs> <laughs> oh man that, oh. that fucking that fucking killed me i'm probably gonna have to go back and revisit it because i was just like astonished at how stupid we are yes uh but um anyway on that note what thanks for listening to revolting we know you're it wasn't welcome. easy oh <laughs> but you're a better person for it probably maybe not if you like revolting please subscribe to the cycling independent it's how we pay ourselves their yeah. subscriptions starting at just three dollars a month that's one cup of coffee or you could send it to sarah mclaughlin and and save cold dogs oh, uh, there's a tip jar there throw a dog a bone would you so on behalf of the cycling independent i'm steve i'm robot don't forget to suck it.